Kino, Mohoko di Mahaya. Shikala Mahandaye. Shema Salamahataye. Kolo Moho Shandaye Kia. Shilolo Moho Sandaye. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Kenny Ray, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have time to worship the Lord. He's deserving of that. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. I think that's especially precious with uh, Brother Ron Cronenberg. Thank God. I do uh, want to express, as there are at least a couple here, Brother Scott, Kenny Ray, we love you. And uh, I do want you to know on behalf of the pastor and, and the Apostolic Church and to any Cronenbergers, if they may be tuning in online, that, that, oh, Sister Darlene Niemeyer, I'm so sorry, Brother Ron's sisters, right over here. And, uh, but uh, condolences on behalf of our pastor and, and the Apostolic Church, certainly, and me personally. But, uh, this was a true pillar of our church. But I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And we're here for Bible study tonight, and we're going to do exactly that. We're going to turn our attention uh, to the word of the Lord. Brother Poole said that uh, classes, students will remain up here. Does that include children, Brother Poole? Amen. Everybody's up here. I'm going to be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter number 31, and verses 12 through 17, of all places. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Sister Niemeyer. I, uh, I just didn't, didn't see you there. Although over the years, I've overlooked you many times. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make... I was, yeah, me and my... It's funnier when it was Jack Poole. Amen. Oh, boy. Shut your mouth, Brent. I heard a few amens whispered out there. If anybody's there, say amen. All right. Exodus chapter number 31, beginning at verse number 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death, for whosoever doth any work therein that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. This is Old Testament law we're reading here. And yet a shadow of things to come. Verse 16, Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. This is a covenant. Verse 17, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was Refresh, calling our attention to that last verse, the last segment of it. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The covenant relationship that we in the New Testament church have with the Lord Jesus Christ, we enter into it at the new birth, and it must be tended to and maintained by regular, frequent replenishment and inspiration of the Holy Ghost until our final breath. And this is a matter that is as serious as life and death, literally. And I'm entitling this message, The Necessity of Refreshing. Brother Poole, would you please pray over the word? Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I need you, Jesus. Jesus' name. Somebody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Every one of us in this auditorium that is of age very likely has a car of one form uh, or another. And it is a necessity uh, within our lives to help us to get from one place to another. I drive uh, a Honda. It's an older Honda. It's 15 years old. And I bought it when it was quite a few years old. In fact, I'll probably never buy a new car in my entire life. One of the worst investments you can possibly make. 
That's me. But, but I, I depend upon this car. I, it's a Honda. I was pleased that it was a Honda because those tend to be reliable. Um, and I need this car to get me from place A to place B because I do a lot of driving during the week. I drive a long way uh, where, to the school where I, where I teach. I drive a long way uh, to, to where I do private practice. I have some miles to go to church uh, every day, and I prefer not to walk, Brother Coffee. Although I've threatened him with that on occasion. That's another, oh boy. God, help me. I rely upon this car. However, if I want this car to continue to be usable, to continue to be reliable, then I need to attend to some things about this car and I need to take care of it. One of the most basic things is gasoline. If I let that gas tank run dry and I'm driving with Brother Ronnie to church and I get stuck on Lebanon Avenue, he's going to have to get out and push. <laughs> and that's hard work. If I let the gas tank tank run dry, I'm not going to get anywhere. Uh, if I fail to check the, the coolant now and then, make sure it is clean, uh, I could have uh, problems with my car. There's maintenance that needs to take place uh, with a car. If I fail to, to get my, my oil changed uh, every, every so often amount of time, if I, if I use uh, regular oil, it's three 4,000 miles. If you use a, a full synthetic oil, it's a little bit uh, longer than that. And that oil, uh, if that is allowed to run dry, and I hate to say it, I knew a brother that hasn't been in this church for some number of years, but he had two times cars that he just let the oil run dry, burned up the engine, and the car was finished. No usefulness from that car. Uh, reliability of what it could have been doesn't matter because he failed to tend to the needs and maintenance of that car. Not only does it need to have enough oil, that oil needs to be cleaned. If the oil does not get changed and I, and I leave uh, uh, the same oil in there for 20,000 miles, it's going to get very dirty. It's going to, there's going to be some negative impacts, negative effects upon that engine, and it's going to be, uh, become less uh, reliable and maybe not useful at all. The need for maintenance, for care, the need for refreshing, you might say, is regular and it is frequent and it is required for the life of that vehicle. And that's a similar thing that can be said for many different types of machines. Similar things can be said for the human body, uh, uh, Brother Poole. Uh, if, if you go to work and you are doing physical labor, uh, over time you're going to get tired. You're going to run out of energy. Your muscles are going to become fatigued. You're going to need to refuel with some carbs, maybe a little protein, a touch of fat, a hint of sugar. If nobody's looking, a whole lot of sugar. But you need to refuel the physical body. Not just strength-wise, you could become tired in your brain as, as well. My, my brain gets fried sometimes from looking at small things uh, when I'm working, I don't know why I'm so tired, but, 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 but I, I need refreshing. I need sleep sometimes, and my body will tell me that I need sleep. And there's sometimes, and plenty of people in here, Brother J.R. knows this good and well, perhaps better than 
a lot in this church. Sometimes the body needs sleep. Now, here's a man that works hard in the will of God to provide for his family, and he'll have times where he'll just have a few hours of sleep, and he gets up uh, hours before the rooster is ever is ever uh, getting up, and he's out doing work and uh, working for hours before a lot of us has, have gotten up. And then he'll go and do that again. And as the days pile up, fatigue will set in, and that body uh, needs rest. We need nutrition. We need sleep. When I work, I don't know about other people here, uh, I get dirty. I get sweaty. And if I sweat and there's dust and sticks on there, and from time to time, my, my personal maintenance, there, there's habits of hygiene. I need a bath. Yesterday was Tuesday, so I took a bath. <laughs> Same thing for my teeth. I brush once every two months. Uh, but if I don't take care of myself, Things are going to start to fall apart. If I don't uh, keep myself uh, maintained, if I don't uh, practice adequate hygiene habits, uh, I can start having health problems. I become more prone uh, to, to, to various illnesses. I become more susceptible uh, to, to, to various illnesses. Not only that, if I don't use deodorant, I'll stink. Many of us would... Do the same thing. I need cleansing. I need washing. I need maintenance. And it needs to be regular. Uh, it needs to be done with frequency. This human body of ours needs refreshing. And these modes of refreshing for our physical body are required until we take our final breath in this life. This word refresh Refreshed, refreshing, we see a handful of times uh, in the scriptures. Webster's uh, dictionary definition, uh, refreshed, means to restore or maintain strength and animation by renewing or replenishing supply. And we need refreshing in many ways in a physical sense, uh, but likewise, and it's covered many times in scripture, we have need of refreshing, Pastor, in a spiritual sense, as we were uh, talking about uh, before, before service. And in Scripture, we see this word refreshed, refreshing, uh, many times in Scripture. We do see references toward a physical refreshing. One example is in 2 Samuel 16, 14. The king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Uh, we see more places, however, uh, where the Word of God talks about spiritual uh, refreshing. For example, spiritual refreshing by ministry of the saints, ministry uh, through, through, through prayer, ministry of the Word of God, perhaps ministry uh, by means of spiritual giftings. Uh, examples, 1 Corinthians 16, 18, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. 2 Corinthians 7, 13, therefore, Paul speaking, therefore we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more we joyed for the joy of Titus because his spirit was refreshed. His spirit was refreshed by you all. 2 Timothy 1.16, The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, 
For he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of, of, of my chain. Paul had a need when he was in prison. All these friends, even in ministry that he once had, they weren't around so often to, 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 to build him up, to give him a pat on the back, to give him some inspiration by ministry of the Spirit of Almighty God by virtue of that same Spirit that indwelt in both of them. Refreshing, likewise, in Scripture can refer to very deep, very thorough cleansing. Because refreshing can be more or less profound. In the book of Philemon, for example, we see this deeper, more profound refreshing. Uh, Philemon verse number 7, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Deep, profound refreshing. By brethren, yea, brethren, verse 20, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. You want to give pastor a compliment rather than saying, pastor, that was good preaching Sunday. Say, pastor, that preaching refreshed my bowels on Sunday. Oh, glory. Sort of sounds like spiritual ex-lax there. But there can be deep, profound cleaning and refreshing, uh, refreshing by the word, Brother Kyle. We can get refreshing from music. As Saul did in 1 Samuel 16, 23, it came to pass when the evil spirit, this is spiritual, and music is spiritual. When the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Spiritual refreshing. And we also see specific references in the Scripture to refreshing of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, now this uh, phrase here, times of refreshing, Although it's talking about refreshing, that's actually referring to an in, the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. How so? Because the man Adam was alive, spiritually alive, until the instant that he partook of that forbidden fruit and spiritual death took place, separation from Almighty God. And when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit of God uh, fills us, we go to a state of spiritual life. So because you are descendants of Adam, there was a state of spiritual life, spiritual death, born again of the water and the spirit, back to life. Indeed, it is times of refreshing at the initial uh, infilling uh, of the Holy Ghost. It's like what Job said in Job chapter 32, verses 18 through 20, for I am full of matter, the spirit Within me constraineth me. Verse 19, Behold, my belly is as wine which hath no vent. It's ready to burst like new bottles. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I could put this very much in the context of the, of the Holy Ghost. It's like uh, I've got new wine in me, and it wants to burst forth out of me like rivers of living water. And when I speak, when I pray in the Spirit, there's refreshing that occurs to me through the oil uh, of the Holy Ghost. In Isaiah chapter 28, 11 and 12, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Now this prophecy in Isaiah 28 applies to both. It applies to the initial 
infilling of the Holy Ghost, as well as the regular and frequent maintenance or refreshing uh, thereafter that is required in every one of us in the New Testament church. Somebody said, praise the Lord. And I want to call our attention now back to our scripture text, especially verse number uh, 17, because I was reading this recently, and this struck me. And I had never noticed this word here, refreshing, before, Pastor. Uh, but, but, but it says, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested. It is remarkable that this English word, refreshed, would be applied to our Creator, to Almighty God. Indeed, this is the only time in all of Scripture where this word is applied to God in such a way. And the meaning here is very specific. Because why would God need to be refreshed? He doesn't need to take a nap in in the afternoon on Sunday like some of us might feel like to do between services when we have Sunday morning and evening uh, church. God does not get fatigued. God does not have the weight of of spiritual oppression uh, holding him down. He does not require uh, maintenance. He does not need sleep. And I began to get curious about this word, and I looked into it a little bit more. Why does it say God was refreshed? And this word refreshed in this verse, what it literally means is God took breath. God breathed, in other words, uh, Brother Poole. And when I think of God breathed, you're thinking about the inspired word of God, of course. And there's medical terminology there, inspiration. I breathe in. Inspire. I expire. When somebody passes from this life, we refer to them as being expired. When God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. Inspiration occurred and life uh, came as a result of it. Inspiration brings life from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it doesn't stop there because when God breathes... Man has potential to receive this inspiration and it, from many, in many ways, and it is much needed uh, inspiration. When we think of Scripture, of course, we, uh, we, we, we think about uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, correction, doctrine, instruction, and righteousness. Job 32 and 8, the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding, understanding, sometimes requires inspiration of Almighty God. And God's inspiration gives us these things and has the potential to give us much more. And when the Word says that God was refreshed, He was not tired, He was not weary, He was not fatigued, but rather God was providing needed inspiration for man whom He had just created the day before, the sixth day. And it underscores our need for His Spirit in our lives, not just one time. There's the initial infilling because that inspiration brings life. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, spiritual life. It's a new birth. We are born of the Spirit. But we need uh, His Spirit for regular, frequent maintenance and replenishing of the oil of the Holy Ghost. Refreshing, you might say, in our lives until our final breath has been drawn. And we see this word refreshed used in this passage of Scripture in Exodus 
chapter 31 in the context of uh, the Sabbath. And so I did just want to mention, because some may have questions in their mind just thinking about the Sabbath and the New Testament church, Sabbath literally means Saturday or the uh, seventh day. Well, what about, uh, what about the Sabbath day? Does this still apply in the New Testament church? It does not. As a matter of fact, Paul rebuked some in the church in Galatia because they were wanting to revert back to the law and observe a day of Sabbath. Galatians 4 uh, verses 9 through 11. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements? These beggarly elements are of the law. Whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage, ye observe days, Sabbath days. Ye observe days, months, times, and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. In other words, to go back to practicing of law, to go back to observance of days is to defeat what Jesus Christ has done uh, in your life. In fact, in Galatians 2.21, it tells us that it would frustrate the grace of God for, 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 for Jews in the early church that were converted to this new covenant to go back and revert back uh, to the law. But Galatians 3.24 explains to us that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. And specifically in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it explains that this practice of keeping Sabbath days was a shadow of things to come. Colossians 2.16 and 17, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. He's speaking to new Christians here. Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Amen. See, this shadow was cast backward in time to those that were under the law. But when we come to the light, the shadow ends, and Jesus is light. And therefore, we have no need for observance of a Sabbath day because we have Jesus, the light. In fact, when Jesus said in Matthew 12 and verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day, he was identifying himself as Almighty God, as this was a title of Jehovah given in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse number 3. So why do we not have worship on Saturdays? Why do we worship uh, on, on Sundays then, is this, is this the Sabbath of the New Testament? No. Sunday is not the New Testament uh, Sabbath day. I can emphatically tell you that. There's a number of reasons why we worship uh, on Sunday. Uh, John referred to it in Revelations 1.10 as the Lord's Day, Sunday. The resurrection of Jesus occurred on Sunday. The Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost on a uh, Sunday. And it's fitting, you could say, that as new creatures with new life under the new covenant, that we now worship on the first day of a new week. Sunday, I reiterate, is not our Sabbath day of rest. And God used this word refreshed in the context of the Sabbath because even as new creatures, we still have this treasure in earthen vessels. And there is some underlying substance uh, behind this shadow that God has cast for us. Because our rest, our rest under the new covenant is in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
After that spirit birth, again, Isaiah 28, 11, 12, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. That is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Verse 12, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Our rest is in the Holy Ghost and our Sabbath is the abiding presence of God within us who remain full of the Holy Ghost. And that means, since it's abiding in us, there is some maintenance that is going to be required with this earthen vessel. And I want to call our attention now to uh, the golden candlestick, if I may, from the tabernacle plan that God gave uh, unto Moses. This is uh, described in, in Exodus uh, chapter 25, between verses 31 and 40, um, a few things. It says, Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall a candlestick be made, his shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knobs, his flowers shall be of the same. Six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three of, uh, of the candlestick out of the one side, three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Uh, verse 36, Their knobs and their branches shall be of the same, all it shall be one beaten work of pure gold. Uh, there's symbolism that's taking place here within this tabernacle plan. Gold is often symbolic of deity. Uh, these flowers and buds upon this, symbolic of resurrection. And this gold was beaten, uh, I might add. But this golden candlestick, in essence, what it really was, was simply an oil lamp, is what it was. And we know that oil in the Word of God, is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. And the fire for that oil lamp, as was instructed in Leviticus 24 and verse 2 recorded by Moses, that fire in the oil lamp was never to go out. Now, keeping a fire going that never goes out uh, requires for it to be tended to uh, a little bit. In fact, recently I was trying to uh, have a fire uh, going and I... I was successful in, in uh, thank you, I feel like a pro, that's what the real preachers do. <laughs> thank you, Brother Mike. Uh, no, I was just a little hot, actually. Don't get up, Pastor, and touch that thermostat. Amen. <laughs> as soon as you say a word like that, he's right over there. Amen. He needs some rest. Not that he's still healing up a little bit. Continue to pray for our pastor. I was trying to have a fire going recently, and keeping that fire going was was not the easiest thing because I didn't have big logs. I had these little bitty sticks, and I, you know, and and uh, of course I have to act like I'm the expert and everything. And oh, I'll get this going. And the fire was going pretty well, but those sticks didn't last terribly long, and they were turning into almost nothing, and I was getting concerned because this fire altogether wasn't lasting very long, and how am I going to keep it going? And I didn't see much wood, and I was looking for more sticks to throw, and I was doing that, and that wasn't good enough. So then I had it. It's fall now. There's all sorts of dead leaves on the ground, so I went, and I'm grabbing those, and as soon as I put them on the fire, man, I'm the master for about five seconds because the flame goes, <laughs> and then it's gone uh, just like that. And it was a little bit of fun trying to keep this fire going, but thankfully I didn't have the pressure upon me that the high priest Aaron did or that his sons had. The fire of this oil lamp, the golden candlestick, 
had to be kept going continually. It was never to go out. All day long, this was to be blazing away. And this means it needed to be tended to. There was a wick on this candlestick. And if that wick uh, gets dirty, that's going to affect the fire. If the oil gets old and stale uh, at the same time, uh, there'll be smoke coming from that, and we won't quite have the, the same fire uh, that we need. But from time to time, that wick needs to be trimmed. The wick needs to, needed to be clean, cleansed. In fact, the high priest would do this twice per day. Trim the wicks, clean the wicks, and not only that, replenish the oil in this oil lamp with fresh oil. Refreshing uh, had to take place, and, and the high priest would tend to this oil lamp uh, diligently. And thus, this light would continually fill this otherwise dark room of the, of the holy place, which also contained the table of shewbread and the altar of incense. Do you know that the oil of anointing of the Holy Ghost can enhance your prayers that you lift up to God? Do you know the oil of the Holy Ghost can enhance your understanding and your reception uh, of the Word of God as well as your, your ministry of the Word of God to others, to people that are in need? This golden candlestick was the only light in that holy place, and it gave light to these things. And our body, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple uh, of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, He that followeth me shall have the light of life. Paul in, in Romans 8, uh, 10 said, The Spirit is life. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, so speaking of Jesus, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus brought light and life to fallen man. Jesus enabled man to come out of his state of spiritual in existence since the very moment that Adam partook of the forbidden fruit. But that fire had to be kept burning. The wicks had to be cleansed daily, frequently, regularly, perpetually. The oil had to be replenished every day, every single day, or that fire uh, could go out. And from our scripture text in, in verse 14, uh, this would indicate, 31 and verse 14, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. So if we're looking at the symbolism and what the Sabbath is to the New Testament church, this is a serious thing. It further uh, refers to this in verse 16 as a perpetual covenant. But that, that, that verbiage, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. In other words, if this fire, if this, the oil is allowed to run dry uh, from this vessel, that's a serious thing. In fact, when I see that verbiage, what I tend to think of uh, are, are uh, the circumcision. Uh, covenant. In Genesis chapter 17, uh, for example, when God spoke to Abraham, 17 verse 14, the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. Why? Because he hath uh, broken my covenant. And under the New Testament, under the New Testament, there likewise is circumcision. There's circumcision made without hands in Colossians 2. Circumcision of the heart is described in Romans uh, chapter 2. This refreshing, therefore, in the New Testament church, this refreshing of the Spirit of God 
is just as serious an issue as that. It is life and death, and we are in danger of our circumcision being made uncircumcision. As Paul said in Romans 2.25, if we allow that oil to run dry. But if we endure to the end, we're told in Matthew 24, we shall be saved. I'd like to read at this time the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25, if I may. And the first 13 verses there. Matthew chapter 25. Beginning of verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, maintenance. And the foolish said unto the wise, they were doing part of the maintenance, they trimmed their lamps. The foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore. Take care, therefore. Guard your souls. Replenish your souls. Be ready. Keep your vessels full. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The foolish virgins had an initial experience, but somewhere along the way they got a little lax on maintenance. They let the car go 5,000 miles between the oil change instead of 3,000 miles. Although from the parable, it's more like 10,000 miles, I guess you'd say. They got a little lax in what they're doing. They stopped refreshing their vessels. And this is why we need refreshing. And remember, refreshing, God breathed inspiration. This is a spiritual matter to pray every day for refreshing. This is why we need to consume the Word Daily, it's a spiritual matter to fast regularly. Frequently, it's a spiritual matter. We need to talk about the Word. We need to come to church and worship the Lord with music playing because there is some inspiration from music that we do not get from other sources. We need to attend church every time the doors are open because there's some inspiration from the preached Word that does not get out from other sources. We need to pray in the Spirit regularly, frequently, daily. We need to pray in the Holy Ghost regularly. We need the oil of anointing of the Spirit to fill our souls, to flood our souls, as that song uh, was talking about. And this needs to be a regular occurrence that we stay full, that we're watching when the bridegroom cometh, that we cannot be likened 
unto the foolish virgins. And this is also, I may add, why we need to practice holy living. Because in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, verse number 13, it said, My Sabbath ye shall keep, for it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Because this refreshing indeed helps to sanctify us. We must keep our vessels full. We must keep our vessels refreshed. We need refreshing to keep our vessels filled with fresh oil of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost abiding in us is our Sabbath. When we are faithfully walking in the Spirit, when we are in Christ quote-unquote, as the Bible refers to. When we are in Christ every day, every day is a holy day of rest. And if we remain in Christ until our last breath, we continue to have that rest, even after we've given our last breath. Even after our last breath. Brother Cronenberger is in Christ, even right now. Allow me to read something the Bible says about those that are in Christ. From 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself, Brother Kenny, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise First, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Can we stand tonight? Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. In other words, let us continue in Him, diligently tending to the things of the Spirit and the spiritual man, that His presence would continue to abide in us. You see, a true keeper of the New Testament Sabbath is very simply the person who has received the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost and then has continued faithfully living in and walking in the Spirit. And we have to labor. There's some labor involved in this maintenance. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. My, That's my last scripture. It says, For he that is entered into rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Brothers and sisters, we have got to continue in spirit and in truth to the very end. Whether we draw our last breath in our own physical lives or we make it until Jesus Christ returns. And he's coming soon. We must continue 
in spirit and in truth. We must continue replenishing the Holy Ghost inside of us in order that we can continue in spirit and truth. We must continue in spirit and truth and replenishing this oil in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, in times of joy and in times of sorrow. When things are going smoothly and yet still when the storms rage, we must continue in spirit and in truth, maintaining this treasure that God has given into these earthen vessels. We must give our spiritual walk the regular maintenance and care that it deserves and requires. We must keep our vessels full and refreshed. In Jesus' name. Can we just give some praise unto the Lord right now? We've got time. It's 837. All across this building, can we just lift our hands and praise the Lord and give Him worship right now? Lord, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I'm thankful to you. I praise you, Lord God. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Let's focus upon Him right now. Forget other things right now for a few moments if you can, a few minutes if you can. Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We exalt you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love and praise you. Continue to worship and praise him. And I wonder if there's some in here that could just transition into praying in the spirit right now as we're praying. Oh, lo moho shandaye. word with us. And Lord, that it fall on good ground and bring forth fruit that will not just be for today, but be, will be for the rest of our lives, Lord. That our mindset will be to refresh ourselves in you. You are such an awesome God, a holy God, a faithful God, and we worship you. Pray that you will go with us today. Keep us safe. Keep us looking to you for our help. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your being in our lives and directing us. In Jesus' name.